to the All Things Reality Podcast. My name's Champagne, and I'm joined with my co-host, Leith. And today, we are joined with a super special guest from the most recent season of Big Brother. Leith, tell us a little about our guest today. All right, so this future teacher came into the Big Brother 23 house this past summer where she was initially put onto the Joker's team with Frenchie, Derek F., and Aza. After surviving the block next to one of her closest allies, Frenchie, she was subsequently put on the block three more times, but she was able to save herself in week five, becoming the first woman of the season to win the power of veto. Please welcome Brittany D'Angelo to the All Things Reality TV podcast. Brittany, what's going on? Oh my gosh. Hi, everybody. It is an honor to be here. I'm just, I'm so excited. It's, I'm just, today's good, man. It's a good day. (laughs) You're always just so positive. You always have a smile on your face. And that's what's so like, everyone gravitates towards you. And I just love the energy. It's just, I mean, my my philosophy on life is life is too short. You got to enjoy every moment of it, you know? So for me, I like to look at everything positively because there's also a lot of negativity in the world that we don't need to focus on because a lot of mm-hmm. people focus on that and they will do it for me. So I get to focus on the positive and I get to look at life as a glass half full instead of glass half empty. It's the way to look at it, you know? Oh, preach. Exactly. Perfect way to look at it. And you kind of, you just came out of the Big Brother house. You've only been out, or the jury house. You've only been out in the real world for what, two, three weeks yeah. now. How's that transition back to the real world been for you, you so You know, far? it's honestly been pretty smooth. I'll be honest. I mean, I have an amazing support system at home who have really been grounding me and allowing me to simulate back into regular life pretty seamlessly, I'll be honest. Um, but the craziest part about being back home has to be like the social media aspect and like seeing a verify check next to my name on two platforms. Like that's a little weird. Because like my friends As will call should. me all the time and they'll joke with me and they're like, so like, are you famous? And I'm like, no, I'm Brittany. I'm ordinary. <laughs> I'm a very normal human being. But like, I, I definitely think that the social media aspect has been the craziest change coming back out of the house. Because obviously so many fans want to know so many questions. And that's why I love going live because I love answering their questions. But that's been the aspect that I would say has been the most, that has been the hardest to assimilate to. And I'm assuming it's all positive feedback. I mean, who doesn't love Britney? <laughs> no, you know what? It has been, uh, I'm very thankful for this. It has been very overwhelmingly positive. Um, I've just had so many people message me, just thank you for being real. Thank you for being authentic in the season. Thank you for fighting your heart out every single day on the show. And then I have so many parents, children, teens, adults, all who live with autism or any disability for that matter, reaching out to me saying that, because I went on the show and because I showed them that it was possible, they can go on it too now and they're going to apply next season or they're thinking of applying in the future. And that to me means even more. I've had so many people share their stories of either their kids or themselves of how they've gone through their journeys, asking me questions about mine. I mean, it has been one of the most humbling experiences, overwhelming in the most positive way experiences. Because obviously when you come forward with something that that's serious about your life and something that vulnerable for myself, you, you have no idea what the response is going to be like on the other end. Because I've had people, when I've told them about my disability, you tell them, hey, I'm, I have autism, mm-hmm. and the response is really positive. Or you say, hey, I have autism, and the response is the exact opposite. You look at me as if I need help when I'm the same girl that told you that five minutes ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, just, it's, a, little, it's a little weird. So for me, coming forward and just having such a positive response yeah. on that, like overwhelmingly positive, I mean, it meant, it meant more than I could ever say in words. My mom and I were sitting on the couch. We were re-watching my speech and going through all the comments. We were crying together. You know what I'm saying? Because we we knew that my story was special and we knew that my journey was very unique, but we had no idea the magnitude that it would mm-hmm. inspire. And and to that, still to this day, I'm shocked and I'm thankful and I'm grateful and I feel blessed. You know what I'm saying? Like, couldn't ask for more than that. No, so beautiful. You've inspired so many people and it's so amazing. I mean, you're just such a positive, positive person. But... So when you and I were on our Zoom call a couple weeks ago, you actually told me some really interesting information. When you were getting into the Big Brother casting process before, or was it this season or before, you actually saw Aza, you saw Alyssa, and I think you saw someone else. So what was that casting process like? Like from your audition tape to the call to when you get your key? Yeah, so I have applied twice for the show. Season 22, I applied, and I didn't get to see Aza or Alyssa. I knew they had also applied, but they made it to the finals of BB22, at least from my knowledge. I made it to the semis. I got cut before the finals. 
So like, even if, cause nothing was in person that season anyways, like they weren't flying anybody out for the audition. So there's no way we could have seen each other, but like we all applied for BB 22 and it was kind of funny. Cause we were like, Hey, who all applied? And we all raised our hands. We were like, Oh, Hey, <laughs> what up friends. Um, but no, the casting process was very intense, very intricate. And it lasted six months for me. Um, I put in my audition tape December 17th of 2020 on a whim. I literally had just taken a final for my master's degree. It was my last semester of doing classwork before I like started student teaching in the spring. And I took my last final, made a video, edited it, sent it in February 26th. I, it's weird that I remember these dates, but it's because they just, it's a monumental day. February 26th. I get my first text from a casting director being like, Hey, we like you. And I'm like, cool. Oh my God, here we go again. Um, and so then obviously I go through the casting process of a lot of, a lot of, a lot of paperwork. But it's fine. It all worked out the way it needed to. Um, lots of interviews, um, <laughs> lots of prepping for the interviews. It's cool, too, because once you get in the interview process, Jesse, who's the casting director, actually does a meeting with you before you go into, like, your big set of interviews to basically prep you. And he's like, yep, you're going to say this, you're going to say this, you're going to say this. Goes through all your points and basically gives you a mock interview himself so that you're ready for the big time. Um, and that I did both my interviews. But the joke in my family was, when is Brittany going to get cut? After every single interview, we literally had a joke of being like, okay, $20 down on Brittany getting cut this round. And then I would get the call being like, you've made it to the next round. And we were like, cough up, <laughs> cough it up. It was the ongoing joke in my house because we didn't, yep. we had no idea how <laughs> I was going to make it on the show. And we were like, there's got to be so many other more interesting people or, or some like people who are just going to make it over me. Like you always just think that, you know what I mean? 50,000 people applying to the show. How am I going to make it? Um, but then they come from my hometown, we go to the Niagara Falls, we film my key reveal, my first key reveal. Um, the one that they showed was me at the karate studio, but my first key reveal that yeah. they filmed was at the Niagara Falls. It was during a monsoon. Um, they showed me that I had my key and that's the day I found out that I was going and I left that night. So you said that you left right after that first one that they didn't air. When did you record that karate scene that we saw on TV? Correct. So I so we started at the Niagara Falls and then from that, because it was a, it was a literal monsoon. There's no way they could have used that footage. Although we were running around, we were soaking wet, my entire family and I. It was I I want them to release that footage because it's just so funny how we all reacted. <laughs> it's just like everyone became Britney in that five minute reaction. It was hilarious in my family. Uh, we went from the Niagara Falls to my house. We did the interview. Um, we did like a grill scene that they didn't end up airing. Um, but like all of my family came in, we were like sharing embarrassing stories about me. It was pretty funny. And then we went to the karate studio after that. So karate studio was probably time wise, like two 30 PM that day. We started at seven two 30 PM that day. And then that night I flew out of LA. So when you start to do that, like when you went to the Niagara Falls to shoot that initial one, did you kind of know what was about to happen? Did you have any inkling? No. Oh, really? None. Oh, my God. I was oblivious. I missed the key four times. The key was, was on it? like, so at the Niagara Falls, there's like the, yeah, I know. It's hilarious. At the Niagara Falls, there's a viewfinder <laughs> where you can like put a quarter in and you can like see the falls up close. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So it was on like, oh, go look in the viewfinder. So I'm standing up. It's, it's in front of my nose. It's I'm touching the key with my nose. So I go up there. I'm looking at the viewfinder. I'm like, I can't see anything. We didn't pay money. And they're like, okay, try it again. And my brother's looking at me like I'm an idiot. Cause he's like, the key that it's right there. But no one wanted to say anything. Cause they all wanted my organic reaction. I go up there the second time, I miss it. <laughs> the third time I miss it. Then my brother's like, oh my God, she's really not going to see this thing. And Phil's like, Brit look and I was like huh huh and then we all just like we lost it we <laughs> lost it and my mom looks at the director of the shoot and was like is she on the show and he was like yeah yeah she's on she's on and we were all like what the no come on man like this is the thing we were all going insane like my my sister is, is like the complete polar opposite of me in terms of energies. She was above me that day, I swear <laughs> to God. She was like above me and she was like jumping on top of me. She was like, pretty. And we were like, oh my God. Cause we had just realized what had just happened. Um, yep. Cause like, like I said, we all thought I was gonna get cut every single round. My mom was crying. My dad was going crazy. My brother Phil was throwing me up in the air. Like it was a whole family fiasco. <laughs> Thank God nobody else is there. They would have thought we were crazy. <laughs> 
So then you move into that one that you said like was like five, six hours later at the karate studio. So yeah. was that one, you already know you're going on the show at that point. Was it a f- staged? Was it a fake surprise? What was no, the vibes no, 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 of that no. going into Honestly, it? it was, well, because at the karate studio, obviously we were filming all the martial arts footage. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically in that moment, they they gave me the key again and I, I reacted the same way because my adrenaline had not gone down. Like yeah, it was crazy still day. up here. Yeah. So like it, it didn't matter if they had asked mm-hmm. me to to do that. Obviously, they're gonna do things for safety. We do things for safety when we record the intros for every competition. We say it twice for safety, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, like it didn't matter how many times they asked me to do it, it was always gonna be up here. Didn't matter. I was always gonna give the same exact reaction. I was like, <laughs> I'm going up big brother. <laughs> what is this world? Like it was nuts. Oh my god. Like, but the, the karate studio yep. was cool, though, because my master, actually, my master obviously had to approve us going to the studio and filming it. Um, but he was in, he, nobody knows this, he was in the back corner of that shoot at his desk giving me corrections as to how I can make <laughs> it better. No lie, because obviously one of my forms that I do is with the bow staff, and they showed that. Um, but that form, like, really changes directions a lot, and they were like, we want you to stay facing the camera. And I was like, okay, that's totally fine. So then he was like, okay, Britt, step to your right for this one, step to your left. And I was like figuring it out with him too. But like we were doing it together. And I was like, thank you. I was like, you the best. <laughs> and my brother was sitting there too. So we were like, the three of us were trying to coordinate how I was going to do it, but we figured it out. The exciting moment when you get your key. Oh, I, I can't imagine. But you're flown out. You are going on the show now. When you step into that Big Brother house, what is going through your head? What is the first thing you do to set yourself up for those? Yeah, so uh, the fir- my first thought was don't trip. Um, I'm really, I'm not even lying to you. My first <laughs> thought was do not fall on national television. <laughs> You're going to look like an idiot. Um, but no, honestly, the first thing that I do is, is obviously I know I'm playing an HOH comp. Um, I know that I want to win it because I know that I want to be the first HOH. If I can set myself up with really good relationships starting week one, that will set me up for the next 80 days. Um, and then it ends up working out almost as well. Day one, um, where my team gets safety and Frenchie becomes the HOH. Um, obviously not realizing that that will then turn into Frenchie's fun house where Oz and I hid under our blankets the entire week and, hid because we were safe and we didn't want to get involved. Um, But no, honestly, I mean, I couldn't, day one in the house, I couldn't have asked for a better day one. Like day one, I knew I was safe. um, And and we won that HOH competition, so it was great. Like we had a great first day, thought I was going to set myself up really well. And honestly, even in the chaos of the fun house, what that week did allow me to do, because Aza and I were kind of on the outs of the Jokers in terms of like we weren't involved in the chaos, because Big D was always with Frenchie. And Oz and I were always downstairs. So we mm-hmm. collectively were able to go around to people and start creating relationships because we were like, we're staying down here and y'all are upstairs. That's cool. We're going to stand on here and chill. And we were able to really gather some great relationships. At least I would definitely was, but we made so many together. That's when we made Kingslayers. That was that week we made it week one uh, with Tiff and Claire. Like, I mean, we were able to move that week and make the relationships we needed to because we weren't in the middle of the funhouse. So you just mentioned a couple of alliances that you had started that week. Um, so yeah. not all of those were shown on screen. You know, the main ones we saw, Correct. of course, were the cookout, of course, that was the main alliance of the season, as well as the Royal Correct. Flush, which got the, a lot of screen time prior to the jury. Um, so go a little yep. bit more in depth for us about the different alliances you had formed and who was in each of these alliances that you had that we didn't really get to see as casual viewers. Yeah, absolutely. So um, firstly, I do also want to say that, so those are both of the big alliances in the house, right? The Royal Flush and the Cookout. I'm the only jury member that wasn't on another one of them. Wow. That's mm-hmm. that's a testament to you. I figured that out that's while I was out you. of the house. Ooh, props to you. Well, because this, this is the thing too, is like my, my whole thing in the house was I had basically, I, I would call it four main alliances. I would call the Kingslayers. Aza actually had that idea. This is Aza's alliance was the Kingslayers, was me, Tiff, Claire, and Aza. Then I had the Asylum Assassins, which was just Tiff, Claire, and I. I had, obviously, the Jokers, because we were just called the Jokers. And then mm-hmm. I did have what I knew as mm-hmm. a final two with Aza, but she never actually agreed to that final two. We just always knew we were each other's ride or dies. But as Aza's game was very evident, Aza was not going to make a promise mm-hmm. she couldn't keep. And she knew with the cookout she could not keep that promise to me. Therefore, she did not officially make that final two with me. Um, I did have a final two with Christian. Um, but then a lot of my game though, was like 
just really strong relationships. Like DX and I, obviously pairing together and doing the blind side of Christian with him and the HUH and me and the veto, we both had an understanding of, look, we're not coming after each other. We Both of us are a benefit to each other because we both can win comps. So that was a relationship that was going to stay strong. Hannah was a relationship that I started building probably week three with a lot of the stuff that, that was going on in the house and revolving Brent and I on the block together. We really started bonding that week. And after that, we really started talking a lot of game. Um, SB and I were working really closely together, probably until week five, until she asked me to throw that veto twice to her for Kingdom of Curl lot. Don't do that if I'm on the block next to you. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, and that really did lose my trust in her. Um, Xavier and I really had a great relationship. And honestly, Alyssa and I had a really great relationship only because the thing in the house was I was a benefit to so many people in staying in the game. So I really didn't need an alliance to make it be like, hey, keep me in the game because everyone knew that I was logistically speaking better for their game because I was always going to be a number for who I was working with. You know what I'm saying? And even for Alyssa, like for Alyssa especially, when Christian had left the house, she had won a veto. At that point, she had won a veto. I had won a veto. So I was like, look, I'm your shield. If you get rid of me, you're next. I'm like, because they're mm -hmm. going to go after who wins. Obviously not knowing about the cookout or anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, but no, I just, my, that is one thing that I really think I did a really good job of in the house was just relationship building. Like, yeah, I had the, the probably, I think it was five, five like official alliances, but there were a lot of people in the house who were not looking at me because they knew that I benefited them more than I would hurt them in the game or mm -hmm. more than I was like threatening to them in the game. Um, but no, I would say, I would say that was probably the answer. And two, and also it's funny that, because it was funny, I was listening to an interview with Derek and Cody, and they did a like interview on the Winter Circle. When I was in jury, I didn't even get to watch it. And they were like, look, Brittany knew the game, but she just got started off on the wrong foot because she was put on the Jokers. Mm -hmm. yep. Like, Brittany's team choice was what started her wrong cards. She mm -hmm. had Frenchie, who was Frenchie's Funhouse. She had two members of the cookout, and then it was her. So nobody wanted to yep. work with the Jokers because the Jokers were Frenchie's team. Who started who who were in the chaos then you have the queens and the kings working together and one member of the aces which means that i'm always going to be the pawn mm -hmm. but nobody wanted me to go home yeah you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so like i, I was going to be used as the pawn but even in the royal flush and even in the cookout i have relationships that were going to keep me in the house at least until jury i knew that um but no i mean even that week against sb week five had i not won the veto and it was sb versus me sb would have gone home i would have stayed because I had five votes. I had Big D, I had Aza, I had Tiff, I had yep. Claire, I had Hannah. At least. Mm -hmm. Not even counting the Kings. And that's a testament to your social You game. know, I just, I wanted to be real with people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really wanted to be real. And I wanted to, like, I wasn't going to be a fabrication of myself or something I was not. And what I really valued even more than the game, because the game is temporary, but life is permanent. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make really good relationships with these people because I genuinely want them as family outside of the house too. You know what I'm saying? So I would I would talk game with people. Mm -hmm. Like Hannah and I, when we had game conversations, they were like 10 minutes long at max. And we would just talk about personal stuff the rest of the time because we were just like, that's more interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, good, you're here on the game, cool. I'm here on the game, cool. Let's move on. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, the personal relationships to me were what mattered way more. And I saw the effect of my personal relationships when I got nominated by DX Week 5. I went into the back room. Obviously, they didn't know that I knew I was getting nominated. But I knew I was getting nominated. So I go in the back room. I do some crocodile tears. All five of them go to that back room. They all go to the back bedroom. Hannah, Tiff, Claire, Aza, and Big D. And they're like, you have the votes right here. You're not going anywhere. And I was like, perfect. Like, not, not that I was worried. <laughs> Obviously, I wanted to win the veto. And we got it. But, like... I, I was nice to know that I had security either way. So we good. <laughs> yeah. So talking about alliances, um, we had the slaughterhouse that was blown up. Um, but did you have any inkling of the cookout or even the Royal flush were happening? Um, cookout? No idea. Absolutely not. Well, because when I was evicted too, you had to think the duos were so strong that cookout rule of no more than two cookout members in the room at the same time was the smartest thing they ever did because no one could ever figure out that that was an alliance. Yep, totally um, agree. In terms of the Royal Flush, that one, I was a little bit more, not, I wasn't aware of it per se, but the only thing that I questioned multiple times 
was DX and Tiffany coming for me in Unlucky 13. The reason, like, mm. how those two oh, yep. pinned yep. me, even though the target that week was Brent, so we wanted DX to lose. Why was the target pinned on me? That was the only... I didn't know about the Royal Flush until I got to jury, but that was the only suspicious thing mm-hmm. that kind of got me thinking, hmm, wait a second. Why did that happen to me when Brent was, the like, our target? You know what I'm saying? Like, that was the only thing that could have given me an insight on it, but I'll be honest, I did not know about either one of them until we hit jury. Okay. Gotcha. So, talking about that wild card comp, uh, what did you feel about the season's twist? We had the team twist, the wild card comp, the high rollers room, which consisted of the veto derby, chopping block roulette, and the coin of destiny. What did you feel about all the twists? Yeah, okay, so starting off with teams, um, teams is tricky. Mind you, I am proud to be a joker, I'm going to say that first off. <laughs> my team, like, it's it's so funny to me because so many people coming off the season were like, Jokers were my favorite team. And I was like, yeah, because we were the underdogs. I was like, we are the underdog team. <laughs> um, and so I I love being a Joker. But the, the thing that teams, like I talked about earlier, teams actually hurt my game pretty much. Like, it, it, in a pretty dynamic mm-hmm. amount, honestly. Um, it definitely allowed me to get good relationships with people, but it was definitely the reason I was put up on the block four times was because our team was not a desirable team to work with after Frenchie and I was not in the Royal flush. (laughs) I was not in the cookout. So therefore you're going to be the pawn. And I said, cool, not really. Um, and so, I mean, obviously, but teams also was nice because, and I don't regret it being teams because teams allowed a family to be built. And I would say, especially between myself, yep. Oz, and Big D. Like, we're family. You know what I'm saying? And, like, mm-hmm. the conversations mm-hmm. we had and, and the memories that we made as a team. Like, we all slept in that back bedroom together. We slept in the back bedroom together. We were roommates. We did everything together. I forced them to play chess. I forced them to sing songs. Like, we were <laughs> forced them to play pool. Like, we were doing everything together. I even started cooking with them because I was bored and I wanted to hang out with them more. Like, that's what I would do. You know? So, I... I don't regret teams because it brought me the, my closest allies and my family in that house. Um, but in terms of a game standpoint, I, that first thing, um, in terms of the wild card competitions, um, the first week's wheel was one of the best prizes. And then every other, it was weird. Cause like, that was such a good reward for Christian. Like he like guaranteed, like he won and he guaranteed somebody else safety, at least one person. Then the next week, it's like, oh, you have to trade this for this. And the next week's like, you have to trade this for this. And I'm like, what? He just got somebody guaranteed safety. I'm like, wait, what? And then Claire, you're safe till jury. What now? What? (laughs) My week, my week was that if I wanted safety, I'd have to save somebody from every team. I was like, well, I probably, you know what? Honestly, it was funny because I really did think about whether or not I would have done that. (laughs) <laughs> but I really wouldn't have wanted to go home, so maybe I wanted to, maybe I would have denied it. But wild card was fun though. Unlucky thirteen was a beast of a comp. It was. So, I mean, I'm really glad that that was the one that I got to compete in, obviously because it was a balance beam, and you know we love gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, wild cards were so fun. High rollers room though, that was sick. High rollers room was cool. Obviously, I only got to do veto derby. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to do the other two. Um, but I honestly, high rollers room was just cool. Like, the best part about High Rollers mm-hmm. was that I got 100 BB bucks and I got to scream and shout and go crazy because America was like, I was like, America thinks I'm cool. And yep. I also think I need this money, yep. which is probably true. I'm like, thank you, America. <laughs> um, but no, that it was just it was so unique. I loved all the twists, obviously. Um, it was just so fun. Like, what, what's Big Brother without twists? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it all went with uh, the season's theme. like The no risk, no reward. Yes, yes. I, I yeah. love the theme. I thought I thought it played out very well. Yeah, you know what though? I will say I was waiting for a bigger risk and a bigger reward. I'm gonna be honest. We <laughs> we were all waiting like week one, that gamble. We were waiting for the gambles yeah, to start we didn't coming really get in. To we see were like, that. when's somebody gonna have to gamble? You know what I'm saying? Like that's what I was waiting for. Um Yeah. That's what I thought too. I really thought after that premiere episode that it would that would be like a continuous theme throughout. Like after the HOH comp, there would be some kind of twist. But then we know, they just kind of I was like, man, I was like, that, in really. that pool shark, I was like, can I double down? Double or nothing? Can I like double down my points here, please? 
I'll go again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you won 100 BB bucks, as you said, and you I did. you did tell people around the house. It wasn't like a huge secret you kept, if I'm remembering correctly. Did were you scared that might make a target on your back by telling a few people in the house, or did you think it would build trust that you might have a power in the future? Yeah. So I told everyone in the house that I got 75, unless it was Oz or Big D, they knew I got 100. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are the only two that knew. But my whole thing was, it, honest to God, it was not going to matter whether I said 75 or whether I said 100. Everybody still thought I had 100. So, like, mm-hmm. it did not make a difference. Um, like, everyone, like, even even Kyland, once I got backdoor, was like, one of the reasons <laughs> you were backdoored was because everyone allegedly believes that you have 100 BB bucks. And I'm like, well, everybody can allegedly believe everything that they want to. I'm like, if you're going to believe it, then, then I have, like, right. why am I speaking? Like, obviously, you don't want to hear me. You're going to listen to other people besides me. Pretty sure they weren't in the room with me. I was like, man. I was like, like ev- even before the high rulers room, even before I went in there, everyone was like, you're getting 100. I'm like, I'm not, though. Like, <laughs> Like some, like, like I, I mean, obviously in the house, you have no idea how you're perceived. You have right. no idea yeah. what's going through America's head. And, and you, you want to do the best job you can to try and gauge that. The only reason why I thought I was going to get a hundred was because of Kingdom of Carlotte. Cause it just happened. And I was like, okay, well maybe that will be the reason why I get it. But I wasn't guaranteed. Like I was like, y'all, like y'all could get a hundred too. I could get 50. And if I got 50, nobody mm-hmm. would have believed me 100%. either. So you knew in that veto comp that it made a fit. Fa- made you fans because honestly that's what made me a fan of yours after like your performance like yeah like really I was, yeah but then after <laughs> that veto comp you just made me like laugh so much you were so, not like laughing yeah. at you but like you just like were so positive you were so funny i liked your sense of humor you were yeah. killing it in that comp i was like damn like this girl's funny i like her i really vibed with you as a fan after i saw you compete in that comp win that comp yeah. the whole shaking back and forth like that was your you moment. were killing it in that comp so i mean you so people were saying after that comp that you knew they knew you were gonna get some more some more BB bucks. Why do you, did you sense that vibe that people were gonna like you a bit more because of that, or because you saved yourself and you fought your way off the block? Yeah, you know what? Honestly, it was it was for a couple of different reasons that I thought the veto would make a difference for me. Honestly, and like it, it's funny because like when I was in the house at that point, I was like, I America either thinks I'm annoying or thinks that I'm the underdog. They definitely think the second one. The first one's questionable. I'm like, may I'm like maybe I don't know what America thinks of me at that point. I was like, I was just. When you have nothing to think about in that house, you go through every idea. Yep. And so I was like, okay. Yeah. America probably, like, like once I won that veto, I was like, okay, America now sees that I'm a fighter. I finally can call myself a competitor in this house because I had been waiting for my win. And I had finally gotten it. And that win was so much sweeter because, like you said in the beginning, I was the first female to take the veto. Yep. So I was like, I wanted that mm-hmm. title more than anything in the world. And when it was me and Alyssa, it was going to be either one of us. And I was like, look, like, I, Alyssa, I love you. But I'm on the block and I want to get off. So peace. I need to win this comp and I'm gonna go into some martial arts voodoo mode over here and just <laughs> go in. For it. Um, but no, honestly, I, I just I knew that I was the underdog and I knew that I had been fighting legitimately since day one, even though I was safe for seven days at the start. Like I knew I was fighting since day one, and I knew that I had the underdog story this season. But at the same time, that also, like, when you're on the block a lot of times, you don't know how that is perceived also. So once I won the veto and I, yep. take my, I took myself off, I was like, you know what? I was like, maybe America sees that I have a fight, that I fight me. Also, that veto win felt like a movie to me. <laughs> Even playing it felt like a movie. Only because of how close I was to almost getting eliminated twice. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was in second round, SB and I, I only beat her by a point. Fourth round, I beat DX by a point. Like, it was not a lot. Like, it was literally, like, one rotation on my hips was the difference between me and him staying in the game. So, it was just, mm-hmm. it, it felt like a movie playing it, which is why, like, it, I, it must have felt like a movie to you watching it because <laughs> it felt like a movie to me. Yes. Um, but I was like, you know, maybe this is, maybe this is how it'll happen. Um, but, no, a lot of people have told me that, too, especially because I haven't watched the season back myself, but I have heard through the grapevine that they have portrayed me crying a lot. Yes. When you're <laughs> on, on the, the show. They did. Which, yeah. Which is so funny to me because I did not cry nearly the most in that house. <gasps> Who did? Not nearly. Really? The most. I, no. 
they definitely they definitely portrayed you as being the biggest crier preacher. Yes. For okay. Sure. So it, but it makes sense though because I was always on the block. That may have been my position. But number one, I definitely wasn't the biggest crier in the house or cried the most by far. Number two, the only reason why I would cry in the house was as a processing mechanism for me with my disability. Because if I had such heightened emotions, mm-hmm. I would literally cry for a minute, let my endorphins out for that one minute, and then move on. Because what I didn't want to be was an emotional player. I hate emotional players. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I can't be an emotional player. I made all of my decisions strategically based. I Did I have emotions? Yes, but there is a huge difference between an, between being an emotions, like or between having emotions and being an emotional player. This one I was, yep, this one I sure. was not, you know? So, so I'm curious who, mm-hmm. who cried the most? Um, I, you know, it, it was a toss up between a couple people. Um, I mean, <laughs> I did cry a lot. I'm not invalidating that because crying was my way of processing. Um, Ozza cried a lot. Who else cried? And apparently they like never showed Ozza crying. Ozza cried all the time. We, that's how we no. would do it together. I don't think we ever saw Ozza crying. So yeah, I remember. Ozza yeah. cried a lot. Who else cried? Um, I know Clara told me she cried a lot in her last week. Um, yeah, we saw that. S- we saw that. That SB was really emotional. Cried. We had some. We had some good cries together. SB cried. I mean, everybody cried at some point. You know, like everybody cried. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That's why it's so funny when people are like, "Yeah, like you were the one that cried," and I was like, "They didn't show anybody else crying for any other reason." <laughs> I was like, "I swear to God, other people cried." Um, but no, honestly, cause I mean, you're in such a high pressure cooker situation. It's almost like mm-hmm. it's, it would be weird not to cry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like just cause yep. you're, you're always that high stress level. You've got to let those endorphins go out of you some way. I definitely was in the top mm-hmm. of the criers, but I, I don't think I was the top. I will say. And I honestly, <laughs> disability aside, you said use it as a mechanism to get out your emotions. Yeah. I feel like anybody, it's rational to cry after getting nominated for eviction on a show for $750,000. Are you kidding me? Like, I don't blame you at all for crying after that, like, regardless. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, some of them were definitely crocodile tears, I will say. Um, Just because, you know, (laughs) if you're going to put me on the block, you got to feel a little bad. Like, I'm not going to let you off the hook on it easily. You know what I'm saying? Like, when DX nominated me, all of those were crocodile tears. I went up and I was comforting him as he was crying. I literally went up to the HOH room and I comforted Derek X as he was crying. I, I went to the DR that day. I was like, isn't it supposed to be the other way around? I was like, aren't I supposed to be comforting? <laughs> right. Aren't you supposed to be comforting me for nominating me, not me comforting you yeah. for nominating me? I was like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it was, um, but no, I loved it. I loved DX. DX and I actually got really close in jury too. So we're like this now. Um, but no, it's just, it's, it's so funny. I just, but also like crying. It just, it's the quickest way to process your emotions, disability or not. Yep. It's just, it's the quickest way to, to feel something, get it out and move on. Cause you have no time in that mm-hmm. house to be upset. You can have your moment, you can let it out and then you move on. That's how you do it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So you were on the block like four times, right? Black and queen. it was a emotional experience. <laughs> black queen. Here she is on, the, on, here we are. We got the black queen with us. So was that <laughs> stressful? What's that like? Cause I know when you did win the veto, you were only off the block so you only on, so when you win the veto, you're only on the block for like three days at that yep. point. But otherwise, you're on the block for the entire mm-hmm. week from like Friday until Thursday. Yep. What's that like? How did that feel emotionally? Did <gasps> you think you were safe? Are you like, uh, I'm I'm the pawn. Like no, but no way come, someone's coming after me. Or were you like, oh, maybe I'm being seen as a threat. Maybe I could get taken out. What was going through your head? There? Yeah. So I mean, obviously, like you said, I did hit the block a, a lovely four times, second most of the season, only behind Xavier. Um, but I still count mine as the most because he randomly got put up there and he put himself up there. So I still count us as equals um, in terms of the block. Um, But no, honestly, for me, (laughs) the block took some getting used to, but honestly, I I really do commend myself looking back as to how I handled myself on the block because some people crack on the block and I was not one of those people. Um, Week two was the hardest, obviously, because that was my first time being on the block. And and obviously being a super fan of the show, I was like, man, I was like, I'm on the block week two, which means I'm going to be used as a pawn week week three and week four. And I was like, I could be used as a pawn every week of the season if that's how they choose. Um, The only week that I was told I was the pawn that I felt like I could have gone home was week two. Um, And that was coincidentally Kylan's HOH Um, because Kylan as much as he told me that I was the pawn and that Frenchie was his target, 
He never insinuated that for some reason, Frenchie was always, if he won the veto, he was always going to use it on me. So Frenchie was always going home no matter what happened. But if God forbid Aww. Frenchie, yeah, he, he told everybody in the house that he was going to use the veto on me and tried to get everybody else in the house to use it on me as well to get me off the block because he felt wow. so bad. Because I, Kylan's explanation was, I was put on the block next to Frenchie because everybody else in the house said Frenchie's name as a potential target except for me. And I said, well, why am I going to throw my teammate under the bus, Kylan? And he goes, well, why wouldn't you? I said, because he's my teammate. And right now we're bonded. So we can't be a target of mine because when he's safe, I'm safe. Why would I mention yeah. Frenchie's name mm -hmm. to you? It like didn't make sense to me. But all throughout that week, he was saying things like, oh, there's like two of the smartest players in this room in the game, like two of the smartest game players in the room when we would have our Jokers team meeting with him. And we were like, who are you talking about? And he was like, Frenchie and Brittany. And I was like, wait, what? I'm like, I've known you for nine <laughs> days, dude. I'm like, how much do you think I know about this game? I'm like, I've yeah. known you for a solid nine days. Um, <laughs> it was it was crazy to me, but I, I truly felt that if for some reason Frenchie came off the block, that he would have had no problem sending me home that week. And I, I don't know if that's true or not, week two, but I don't think that he would have had an issue sending me home had Frenchie got off the block in some way, shape, or form, which was not going to happen. But if it did, I could see me going home that week. Week three, I wasn't going home no matter what happened. Xavier had a backup plan in case Brent <laughs> had won that veto. He had somebody up next to me. He mm -hmm. promised me. And when X promises you something, he, he keeps it. He's, a very, he's very honorable in that manner. Um, but that was actually what started X and I's relationship was that HOH week. Um, cause he looked at me once I got nominated and he was like, look, Brent, you're not going home. I'm making you a pack right now. You're not going home. I said, perfect. Then we get to week five DX tells me I'm not going home. DX also tells me that if he wins that veto, he's using it and pulling me off the block, keeping us be up there. And he's putting Christian up next to her. Um, and I said, okay. I said, that's fine. I said, I know I'm being your voluntary pawn with the King. I said, put me up there. It's fine. Um, and then obviously week six. Week six was tough on the block, obviously, because it was with Big D, and I got backdoored, and the deal was broken. And I was like, okay, well, mm -hmm. you're telling me that you're impartial, but then obviously you guys saw a lot of what happened in the aftermath of week six and just and, and the threats and the things that came my way and, and the, the, on, the honest disrespect that had come that way. And Kylan and I have talked about that since, and he's apologized. We actually got to talk this past week, and we got to talk a lot of that week out because I was not okay with any of what happened after I got back to um, from his end. And so, but no, honestly, I it just, the block takes time to get used to, and, and being the pawn does not make it easier, and knowing that I was the pawn doesn't make it easier either. You still go through all the emotions because there's always that mm -hmm. chance that it can flip. And until you hear Julie Chen say, you are safe. You're not safe yet. Everybody else is, but you're not. And so it got easier to deal with, right. obviously, as the weeks went on. And, and I was more accustomed to feeling what that felt like. But it still didn't make it easier by any means, yeah. logistically speaking. But we did yeah. it. So Yeah, it totally makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so this cast was, I felt like, very, very mature. I feel like in other seasons, you see so much drama happen. Yeah. This season... Like, from what aired, we only really saw arguments between Derek F. and Tiffany. Were there any fights that were not aired that we don't know about? Um, no, honestly, that that was, though, I'm, I'll be honest with you, we really did have a very mature cast. That was really the only set of yep. arguments. I would say that one and then Kylan's eviction would be the only the only other one that I can think of. Yep. Um, but no, uh, honest to God... Mm -hmm. And, and obviously, I have not seen the footage between Aza and Big D's final three blow up in terms of what happened. So I don't know if you would characterize that as a fight. I don't know how they aired it. I have not even seen the footage of that encounter. Um, but I have heard things about mm -hmm. that. So potentially that I, I'm not really sure, though, because I haven't watched it. Um, I feel like that was more portrayed as like uh, Big D antagonizing Aza a little bit. That's how it was portrayed um, from a viewer's perspective, where it was kind of like he didn't really have any power. He was perfectly set up to go to the end with either Aza mm -hmm. or uh, Xavier, and he kind of ruined it. Was basically how it was portrayed on TV. And honestly, Aza did say that it was just it was. I mean, it it was an argument, not a fight. Right, more of like a yeah. 
I mean, yeah. like I said, I've heard things about it, but I haven't like watched it myself, so I can't make a judgment on it. But that would be the only other instance that I've heard of that could come close to that. But no, honestly, we really did not have a lot of fights. Everyone in the house is very mature. I mean, even me, everyone, I got a on press day, I got an interview question after I was evicted that was like, You were so positive on the day of your eviction. I was like, guys, I was like, I still got to play Big Brother. I also found out an hour and a half before my eviction that I was going home. Um, so that gave me time to process. But um, I still was playing my dream game. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was still playing a game that I love and I still got a once in a lifetime opportunity. So why am I going to be mad? Also, I get to see Julie Chen. So how is that ever a bad thing? <laughs> and I know you said you didn't watch your season back, but when we were talking, you said you had this whole moment yeah. at, I think it was a veto ceremony where you went over and you did like the whole Zach Rance yes! whole thing. We did not see it on TV. So what happened? Okay. Okay. So obviously his, his eviction, or I, it wasn't an eviction speech. I believe it was a veto speech for, or for him too, or something where he like did like his roses are red, violets are blue speech. So I basically took that speech yep. and made it my own and then threw Fruit Loops on everybody because I owned the pink hat. <laughs> and I was like, as the owner of the pink hat in this household, I'm calling you honorary Fruit Loop dinguses. And I threw Fruit Loops at everybody on the couch. I literally want the clip. I'm like, I want to post this. I know oh, they didn't air it. I was so proud of that speech. And I did a whole rap for Christian week three. When he won the veto, <laughs> yes, I did a whole Christian rap, called him a golden doodle, and I got it all in there. It was sick. What? There was a third rap that we didn't see? I like, I'm so mad they did not show any of those speeches. I was like, oh my gosh. I like, I wanted to, the Fruit Loops were so funny. Oh my God. I was so, I was like, oh guys, I know, man, hopefully I'll get that clip at some point in my lifetime. <laughs> I know. I, I wanted to. Um, so tell us, you were the first member of the jury and you had a week to yourself. How was the yes. jury house experiment and what, what do we not know about it? Yeah. So jury was wonderful. I'm going to be honest with you. Jury was <laughs> the best paid vacation of my life. Um, no jury was just, it was, it was very relaxing. Um, it, it really gave me the opportunity to unwind and decompress and, really take my game in and, and just digest it for what it was. And, and that was that I fought my heart out. It wasn't enough, which is okay, but I still made it to jury and I still get a vote. So ultimately speaking, I win in that yep. regard. You know what I'm saying? I get to be part of the jury. I get to go to finale night live. Like I, I made it past the jury point and mm -hmm. made it past halfway. So for me being in the jury house, especially that first week, that first week was very cathartic for me. I actually um, did a whole art project for my family that first week because I couldn't buy anything in LA, obviously, because I was not <laughs> in public. Um, so I made them all canvases. That's a big brother 23. And I wrote them all basically a message. It was like their own version of a car on the canvas. Um, and I painted the backgrounds and they looked like, like my Nana's is like a sunset vibe. My sister's was like the university of Miami Aww. colors in the back. And then uh, university of Florida around the 23. Like I really personalized them. I watched nine and a half seasons of Grey's Anatomy in the five weeks that I was there. It was beautiful. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I binged. <laughs> um, I was able to work out on the elliptical every single day and like really bring up a good sweat. I was cooking for myself in the jury house, like cooking really clean. I lost like 15 pounds in jury. Like I was working. Wow. In jury. Wow. Yeah, you could tell. You were looking really good at the finale. You could tell that you had lost some weight in the jury house. Congratulations. Thank you. No, I wow. was always working out, but I could eat clean. You know what I'm saying? Like in the BB house, I ate whatever was in front of me. Didn't matter what that was. I was so stressed and nervous that I was eating whatever was in yeah. front of me and whatever was quick. In the jury house, I could just sit back, relax, and cook whatever the hell I wanted. I was like, okay, vegetable stir fry, perfect. Fish, salmon, chicken. We had all the food we wanted. It was great. And then obviously we had a pool, we had a hot tub that worked. <laughs> oh, the hot tub in the house didn't work. It was lukewarm. It was lukewarm water. <laughs> it was a body of water. Oh my God, it was so disappointing. Uh. We also in jury had a basketball court too. We had the basketball court in the back. We had a ping pong table, but it was dead. Um, Sarah Beth and I created nice. a game called Double Racket Badminton, where instead of playing badminton with one racket, you play with two. It was awesome. Um, and we just, we went crazy playing that for weeks. <laughs> Um, but no, it was, it was so nice. And like jury was so chill. Didn't matter who came in that door next jury was so chill. Like it was awesome. 
Nice. So you you mentioned that you were able to watch Grey's Anatomy. You guys have like access to like, yes. streaming services like yep. Netflix or Netflix Hulu or Paramount and Plus. Not Paramount Plus because they did not watch want us watching the season. Um, oh, so true, we true, had true. Netflix and Amazon <laughs> Prime were our two services. Um, and but we could not control the remote. Basically, um, our handlers would come in, they would turn the TV on for us, and they would turn it off. Um, and the, but then it, which was fine because it was the most they were sitting right there, probably watching it with us. So we literally were just like, yep, click, and then I would watch Grey's Anatomy for about four hours mm-hmm. turn it off go to the gym because we had a tv in the gym that was also hooked up to a smart tv watch Grey's anatomy while i work out go back downstairs watch more Grey's anatomy as i cook like it was great <laughs> and so in the jury house as it filled up with people we learned recently that a secret romance was developing between Derek x and yes! yes so what was that like from your perspective i know oh, you did know i want to know we did know about this. We did. Uh, we kept it a secret for the past four weeks. Um, okay. <laughs> um, so Dex and Claire, uh, firstly, are adorable as hell. Um, they, no, yeah, their their romance blossomed in Germany. Yep. <laughs> and it was so funny because I, like, I would stay up with them. I remember distinctly staying up with them one night because usually I would go to bed in jury around, like, 12-ish around. Um, and I would wake up around nine. So at least I got nine hours of sleep. I was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but one night I had a single member staying up with the both of them until like two. And then I went up to bed cause I was like, I'm exhausted. And then they were going outside and I was like, wait, what? I was like, y'all are going where at 2 AM at night. What, what y'all doing? Um, so then I wake up the next morning and Claire comes down the stairs at like 11, 12. And I'm like, so what time did y'all go to bed? And she was like, 6 a.m. I said, what? what? I said, y'all talk for another four hours. I was like, man. But no, they would do that every night. And they would just have amazing conversations between the two of them. And I had no idea um, until I was in... I was downstairs watching Grey's Anatomy because my routine every morning was like, I would get coffee. I'd watch Grey's Anatomy until around like 1130, but I would wait until Claire and Alyssa got up because they were roommates in jury and they slept in the back bedroom, which was next to the gym. And the elliptical was kind of loud, so I didn't want to wake them. So I was like, I'll just wait till they get up. Um, Alyssa comes down the stairs and I say, oh, okay, cool. I'm like, Alyssa, I was like, hey, so um, I'm just watching Grey's Anatomy. I'm waiting to go to the gym. And she's like, oh, Britt, you can totally go up there. I was like, I can go up there. I was like, well, wait, where's Claire? And she's like, oh, I think she's just chilling in the master bedroom. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I go upstairs, I work out. I don't think anything of it. I'm like, okay, whatever. Then we go to the movie theater that night and they're cuddling. And I was like, oh. And I was like, wait, <laughs> what? And I was like, oh my God. And so I get downstairs and I pull Claire into the laundry room. I'm like, Claire, you gotta tell me something. I was like, what, 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 what did I miss? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, ah! <laughs> I was freaking the hell out. I was like, yo, this is boss. Um, and I was like, Claire, I'm so happy for you. And honestly, they are so cute together. But no, I didn't know until, because um, Liz literally told me, she was like, yeah, they're just hanging out in the back. They're just hanging out in the master bedroom with like Tiff and Hannah. I think we're also sleeping in there that night. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Then I'll just go in there. And then it was at the movie theater that I found out. And I was like, oh. <gasps> what <laughs> but they're adorable they really are i i wish them nothing yep. but the best and it was kind of a shock to the fans i don't know i don't know what it was like from your perspective but a lot uh, of the fans were uh, kind of too. shipping like hannah and Derek x and then it was kind of a yeah. shocker to the fans did you guys see that kind of thing too or was it obvious it was just like a friendship in the house to you guys yeah so kind of in the in the front i guess i guess in the house because i don't want to speak on behalf of the both of them um, but I guess with, with Chada, especially like Chada, like had a crush on DX, obviously. Um, but it really wasn't anything yeah. more, at least to my knowledge, I could be wrong. Um, but I just honestly, like in, in the house, it was just, I like, that is all I really knew about it. Mm-hmm. Once they got to jury though, and then, uh, Hannah and Tiff got to jury and that was the week that DX and Claire like made it official to us. Hannah couldn't have been more supportive. She was so happy for the two. I mean, those are two of her best friends, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying in the house. So she literally could not have been more supportive and more happy for the two of them. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I would say probably in the house, DX and DX and, uh, Chata were, they were very close friends. Obviously they were best friends on the house. Um, but no, Chata couldn't have been more supportive of that. 
hundred percent. But no, I've been seeing so many comments too. They're like, what about GX and Hannah? And I was like, Hannah fully supports this guys. We swear. <laughs> she fully supports. <laughs> Hannah, honestly, she, she truly is one of the most down to earth people. Hannah is so, she's so down to earth. Like we would just, I, we have three TikTok videos that are oh, currently in one of the CBS iPods. And I want them because they are iconic. And one of them is a dance that I made. <laughs> and I want it so bad because I want to post it. <laughs> Um, but sadly they have our video. So hopefully they'll post them soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you being a part of the jury, you still have the right to vote. Uh, what was going through your head voting uh, for the winner, Big Brother? And if it were to be Aza and Xavier, who would you have voted for? Yeah, so, okay. So this is, this is where it gets tough. So in terms of a big D and X, what the final two was, um, obviously Big D is one of my best friends in the house, but in, in terms of voting for the winner of, of the season 23, Big Brother, um, I wanted to vote for the overall best winner in three different categories, strategy, competitions, and how you navigated the game after the cookout. Those are the three points that I was going off of. I actually made a pros and cons list of the top four <laughs> before we went to round table so that I had a way of, of distinguishing all four of them. But honestly, for me, that was for Kylan because at that point, it would have been very hard for me to give Kyle my vote against anybody because I felt like for me, someone that doesn't respect me, how do I give them 750K? That was my biggest, my biggest back and forth battle with Kylan. So I wanted to make a pros and cons list for all of them, but mainly for him because I wanted to have pros and cons mm -hmm. to talk about. Obviously, he gets evicted fourth and I don't have to worry about that. Um, but no, in terms of a, of a big D X final two, I really just felt like X played the overall better game in, in all three of those areas. Um, in terms of an AZA X final two, this would have been a closer one for me, mm -hmm. obviously, because because uh, AZA was my numero uno in that house. Um, the only way that AZA and this is this is why I say that it would have been a toss up and I would have had it break down to the questions for me, because ultimately speaking, I wanted to put my personal game aside and I wanted to vote for the objective best winner. Like I said, if the only way mm -hmm. AZA was getting to the final two is if she won that final HOH. If she wins that final HOH and brings Xavier with her, that's a completely different way for Xavier to get to the final two. Mm -hmm. If he gets brought as opposed to him winning and bringing somebody else, that would have been a tally for her. My only question, though, would have been, why would you not have gotten rid of, gotten rid of Axe? That would have been the question that I would have asked. Because that, for her, we said in jury, if anyone got out Axe, that was the move mm -hmm. that was that would have been for some people the game deciding move and for some people that would have brought them up a few pegs that would have needed to hear a little bit more but that would have brought them up a few pegs um but in terms of an x and Oz a final two that's a toughie that's a toughie because i because i would have had to hear from the both of them especially from Oz not cutting x and, and X being brought. Mm -hmm. Like, that would have been a completely yeah. different dynamic for me. I can't say who I would have given it to. I'll be honest with you. Has Aza ever told you, like, has she mentioned on her exit interview with Julie that she would have brought X to the end? Like, that was her full intention. Have you guys ever had that conversation? Have you asked her why would she do that? What was going through her head to make that kind of decision? Yeah, so we actually did talk about it. Aza had told me that she was planning on taking X for the reason of after she had that conversation with Big D, she felt that X did not deserve third. Mm -hmm. She felt that X at least deserved second, if not first. And she said that bringing X to the final two, she know that she could get beat bringing X with her. But she said that in terms of who she wanted to bring with her, she wanted to bring someone she felt like deserved it. And she felt like X deserved it more than Big D. So that was the reason why she was going to bring X. To my knowledge, that is what she told me. Okay. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I understand that yeah. from, from her perspective. I will say it, it would have been it would have been hard for me not to give it to her though. It, it would have been tough. I just Aza Aza is also yep. a great speaker. What I'm saying too is like what that's why I'm saying it really came down to the questions for me. I wanted to hear those questions so bad. We took so much time as a jury at the roundtable making our jury questions because we really wanted mm -hmm. to hear some answers. We needed to know more about these people's games. We just did. Obviously, we knew what Tiffany and Chada and Kylan had told us about the cookout, but we didn't hear it from the three of them. So we wanted that info. We were like, give it to us. Because we need to know the inside as to what your roles were, what you did, how you navigated through the game. Um, no, it, it would for me with an X and Aza, it, it would have been close. Definitely would have been close. I, I can't say right now who I would have given it to. 
because I would have needed mm-hmm. to hear their answers. Okay, moving back into your game, is there anything looking back that yeah. you wish you could have changed that you think could have helped propel you further into the game if you were to be back in the house? Anything that you would have done differently? Yeah, you know what? I think I think for me, I honestly would say I have no regrets in what I did. Because um, when you're in that house, you okay. all you have is your gut. That's all you have. And the decisions that you make in the game to propel you forward are what you feel in that moment is the best for your game, right? And obviously with the cookout mm-hmm. being such a dominating force, I was leaving at some point, you know what I'm saying? Like I was, I was leaving at some point, um, but I'm proud of how hard that I fought. I'm proud of the relationships that I made in that house. And I'm proud of the Aww. fact that I never forgot Brittany along the way. So would I do anything differently? No, I wouldn't. I would do the same thing again, because, and like, you only can follow your heart. You only can. And I was very proud of the way that I conducted myself in the house. I always stay true to me and I always stay true to Brittany's mm-hmm. morals. So no, that was beautifully said. Um, so anyone who wants to be in your shoes, what advice would you give for fans who want to play Big Brother one day? Yeah, yeah. So I would definitely say for fans that want to play Big Brother one day, number one, do it. Um, <laughs> if my normal personality can get on the show, y'all can get on the show too. Um, but no, what I would say is be authentic, be real, and be you because there's only one of you and they don't want you to try and be somebody else. They already cast that person for a reason. A huge selling point of my pitch when I was going through the casting interviews was you have no one like me on your show and you never have had anyone like me on your show. So I am a completely different person to you. You know what I'm saying? And if you can differentiate yourself from everybody, that's honestly the better thing to do is make yourself different. Make allow yourself to like share the share the quirky things about you share the things that like you normally wouldn't tell people that Mm -hmm. are kind of funny facts about you you know what i'm saying like i told them that i had a snow globe collection like i don't tell anyone that i have a snow globe (laughs) collection but i told them because it was funny and i was doing interviews in my room and they saw it in the back of my head they were like oh what's that and i was like oh i have a snow globe collection you know i've been doing this since i was 10 they were like that's so cool i was like really (laughs) like yeah you just you don't think about those kind of things. But no, I would just say just be authentic and be you and and don't be afraid to, to brag about yourself a little bit during the casting process. That was something that I that was the hardest thing for me to deal with was how do I brag about myself in the casting process? Yeah. I had like I, I've always been raised humble but hungry. You 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 work for things, you you I have the achievements that I have, but it's not like I'm gonna boast them out to everybody. But in this casting process, you're gonna have to. You gotta have to you gotta own everything you've done, the obstacles you face, the accomplishments you've done, and, and, and expel them to the greatest amount of you. Cause they wanna get to know everything about you in that casting process. So all of the achievements, all of your accolades, all of the obstacles you've gone through in life to get you to the point where you are yeah. right now, you gotta say them all because they wanna know everything about you. And if they don't know everything about you, they will find out everything about you. All right, so that wraps up the questions me and Champagne have prepared. However, Champagne posted the other day on her TikTok account, All Things Reality, asking her fans, asking her followers, asking your fans what questions they have for you. So we have about six, seven questions. Rapid fire, we're going to shoot at you. Um, just from, from the fans, what okay. they want to know about oh, no. you. So first question, who are your favorite Big Brother players in history? Favorite Big Brother players in history are Derek and Cody as the hitmen in 16. Um... Vanessa Russo, Daniel Reyes, Rachel Riley. Do you have a favorite season? 16, because that was the season that got me hooked. Me too. That was the first season I watched live. Okay, have you ever seen Big Brother Canada? I have never seen... Okay, no, that's not a lie. That's a lie. I have seen Big Brother Canada. I've seen five. I've seen the Ika Wong and Dimitri season. I, me too. That's I Actually, that's the only season I, I've I, seen. But I've only... I haven't watched the whole thing through, but I've seen a, so almost good. all of the clips in chronological order of the season, but like missing some like key conversations. But I stopped watching after Ica left. Yeah. Well, that's like, yeah, that, that's the um, gist of it. But no, so five. That is five, right? That's the right the season. Yeah. That it's right? so yeah. good. Okay, cool. And then a little bit of four. I did watch the scene where Ica just shred all the envelopes of all <laughs> the letters. I did watch that scene. That was, that's a memorable moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned how you're still adjusting from life outside of Big Brother. Um, what is yeah. that? What's the biggest change been for you? You mentioned social media. Is that the only thing that's really yeah. changed in your life from your perspective? No, I would definitely say um, COVID mm-hmm. was, was honestly a really, really big shock for me coming out of the house and something definitely getting adjusted to. Because obviously I've been in a bubble, you know, and I have not had to worry about 
going someplace where, where COVID oh, yeah. is there because mm-hmm. I've always been protected. Um, but no, hearing that COVID got worse was a huge adjustment for me coming out of the house in terms of, of what I can and cannot do. And my mother is immunocompromised. She has zero immune system. So I have to be careful on top of it. Like tonight I'm going to get my third vaccine. Um, so just so that I can be even more safe, you know, so I am finally due for my third. So oh. it's been six months. <laughs> and in the Olympics, I know you mentioned that. Oh, and the Olympics. Oh my God. Of course. in the Olympics. Oh my God. I was asking that question. <laughs> How many gold medals and small bars win? Um, the women's gymnastics uh, the USA women's gymnastics Olympics was one of the, like, it was just one of the most special things to watch. It really, really was. It, it was obviously, it, it was devastating that Simone got the twisties, but her bravery and her courage and her leadership just made the Olympics even, even that better. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh my gosh, I, I, Simone is the goat for so many other reasons than just her gymnastics. She's an incredible I human agree. being. Agreed. And someone who comes totally forward agreed. with, with, I mean, someone who comes forward with mental health and it's like, look, I need a break and can openly say that. And is like, I need a break and I'm just going to go do what I need to do. I mean, that's, that's a champion right there. Yeah, for champion. sure. Absolutely. For sure. Don't need the medals. And the fact that she comes back on beam lowers her difficulty and she still gets bronze. I mean, you're a queen. Right. So did you guys not get to watch Absolutely. that in the jury house? A little bit of an unrelated question. <gasps> no, no, no way. Cause that's like live TV. <laughs> you think they were going to let me watch that? Never. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> so if you had to be casted on another season of Big Brother, considering the theme, the cast, what would that season be? Yep. Honestly, I think I would have done really well in 18. Ooh. Ooh okay. Interesting. Casting-wise. I think I would have done really well in 18. I think I would have worked really well with the guys. I think I would have been Nicole's number two. I don't think I would have been higher than Corey. I think I would have been Nicole's number two. Um, but also, I think that I really could have worked well in a game sense with, like, Davon mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. season. I think Davon and I really would have clicked. I think Paul and Victor and I really would have clicked. Um, like, that whole guys with Nicole thing, I, I just, I don't know. I think I would have done fairly okay in that season, to be honest. <laughs> so would you ever go on a show like Survivor, The Challenge, or The Amazing Race that have all pulled from Big Brother before? I would go on all three. For okay. Sure. Um, I anyone's really... anyone's shown you interest yet? No, I am, no, <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. Honestly, no. Honestly, the the only because it, it's crazy too because obviously we have we have our contracts with CBS and things like that. Um, but no, honestly, I would go on all three. No, no interest, obviously, because we've been off the show for like two weeks. Um, but I, what I was gonna say was I just. What I was gonna say, the reason why I was thinking about it was I just finished watching the challenge. I'm now caught up with the challenge so that tomorrow night I'm on track. Um, I binged the entire season and now I'm on track. Oh, so now yep. um, Survivor's my next one that I have to binge. But no, I would go on all three. Absolutely. Why not? Okay. So are you so you are a challenge fan or you watched that show prior to going on Big Brother 2? Yes. No, I've I've been watching Survivor since I was five. Um, Big Brother since I was 18, Challenge since I was 21, and Amazing Race since I was 14. Wow. So you're right with us. You're you're a reality TV super fan like us. Wow. Perfect. Yes. Oh, my God. Of course. No, I'd be like... <laughs> yeah, literally. You know, I mean, was, Survivor was my longest, long-standing one. Obviously, I've been watching that since I was five with my family. I literally think since the first season. Or no. First, no. Fourth was my first season. Uh, Marquesas with Boston Rob. Mm-hmm. That was my first season of Survivor. Um, but... Boston Rob was the one who got me hooked to Survivor. It's always people because, like, I love the relationships. Boston Rob for Survivor was the one that got me hooked. Like, Derek and Cody for Big Brother. Like, it's just, it's the people. What about the challenge? Oh, CT. (laughs) Um, Oh, I love CT. CT. And then, honestly, I I would say the Big Brother people who have gone on from Big Brother to, um, to the challenge. Freaking love Casey. Oh, my God. Casey and Josh and Fessy. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and even Amber B going on and winning her rookie season. Like, Big Brother's killing it on that show right now. Devon going on the show. Natalie, who mm-hmm. else has been on the show? Natalie, Polly, um, Victor was on there in Vendetta. Bailey and Swaggy were on there. Bailey and Swaggy were on there. Um, but no, like, a ton of Big Brother people have done it. Um, but no, I just, how can you not love Casey? That's all I gotta say. It could be you one day. You know, Champagne, I don't know about that, but we will. That's a cool thing. If I were ever asked, I would do it. So if if I'm on there, if I'm on there, you will know that I got asked. Nice. All right. We'll be rooting for you 100%. (laughs) So you're a fan of Big Brother, obviously, um, and you kind of know the ins and outs, but what was the most surprising part of Big Brother that you did not know coming into Big Brother? Yeah, um, that the comps are so short. Really? 
Our HOH comps were literally, yeah, two-minute wow. stops. Like, that pool, sh like, you go out there, they give you the rules. Julie reads you the rules. You go, you're done. Wow. You go back in the house. It's like snap, snap, snap. That would be the, the, I was so shocked. The longest filmed comp that we did was Kingdom. Wasn't the comp that I won. It was Kingdom of Carlot. was the longest filmed comp that we did, at least to my knowledge. Um, that was like a two-hour wow. filming process. Really? That looks like it was like a 30-minute filming process from a viewer's perspective. That's crazy. Mm -mm. I know. No, no we, we started filming that one around 9-ish p.m.-ish. We didn't get back in the house until 11, okay. 11.30. Well, because think about it, though, because... That's late. I didn't realize you guys filmed veto competitions that late. Well, that was the late... Wow. There was a technical difficulty with the app, with oh. the apparatus. So we had to go... They had to fix oh, it, and then okay. we could beat it later on. Um, but no, the wall was an hour and 30 minutes. That was a long comp, obviously. Um, but no, mm -hmm. Kingdom was the longest one. Only because... Uh, like a lot of like a lot of the conversations in terms of like who was going to choose what or the denial later to like adjusting the heights of the helmets and getting Alyssa and I the right helmet that took 45 minutes in itself to get our like heights sized up and stuff um and no so I mean it, it was a long casting it was a long shooting process that for that one but no the, the HOHs were like this you snapped your fingers, it was done. You were like, wow. what happened? <laughs> yeah. um, so I feel like I already kind of know this answer, but if you were asked to go on Big Brother again, would you say yes? For sure. For sure. Ooh. Yeah. Big Brother gave me a once-in-a-life opportunity to play the game that I love. I would 100% go back and do it again and hope that the balance being comp was before I got evicted. Okay. But if I go on, if I ever go on again, we're getting the money. That's all <laughs> I got to say. If I ever go on again, we're getting the money. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, As ma you should. <laughs> All right. Well, Brittany, is there anything we haven't discussed that you want to share with our listeners? Um, just thank you guys so much for letting me be on the show today. Hopefully I gave some cohesive answers for y'all. Um, <laughs> but no, honestly, y'all are a blast. Thank you guys so much for having me on the show. Um, and just thank you. Cause it's I've, like, I truly have gotten such a warm response from so Thank people. you. <laughs> no, thank you. I, it was so much fun talking with you. I'm a huge Brother fan. I've been watching yeah. live since BB16. I've been to watch the older seasons too. So to be able to talk to someone yeah. who's just on recently, who I feel like I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity right now. You are a celebrity to me, basically. <laughs> like I, I, I've loved watching you. I, I, so you're someone I talked with my friends about. Yeah. So just to be here talking with you is an honor for both me and Champagne. So the honor is ours. You don't even have to thank us. Thank you. Y'all are so um, sweet. We love talking with you today, Brittany. Let our listeners know where they can yes. find you out on social media because you got yes. a little bit of a TikTok following. Shout out your Instagram. Yes. Shout so out your my TikTok. Instagram and TikTok <laughs> are both Brittany underscore D'Angelo. My Twitter is just Brittany D'Angelo with no underscore. Um, we are trying to get that change of the underscores on all three of them. Um, but no, those are my social media platforms. <laughs> we have a lot of fun on all three of them. Um, I go live the most on TikTok. I usually go live at least once a day. Um, to talk to fans and to talk to everyone coming on the lives. We did one earlier today. It was great. Um, but no, it just, it's just, it's fun. So come follow me there if you would like. If you don't want to, that's okay as well. <laughs> yes. All right. What a great combo with Brittany. That wraps up our interview. Thank you so much for joining us one more time. We had a great time talking with you. Of course. Of course. Thank you guys so much for having me. Of course. And we have a lot of content coming your way. So make sure you subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. If you like what we've made so far, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast with your feedback. We love hearing from you guys. So you guys can find me on TikTok at LOLLath and Champagne at All Things Reality. If you have any requests, comments, shoot us an email at allthingsrealitypodcast.com. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you next week with an interview with another big brother player. So keep an eye out for that. Hey,